Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Locker Room. I'm your host, Tommy Tellerino, and it's just me today. Jordan is not here today with us. He is preparing for some finals for school. We're going to wish him the best of luck with those finals, and he's going to crush it as usual, and he'll be back for the next episode. Don't worry. But we had an interesting week of sports. I'll jump right into the NBA games last night. One game I want to highlight is Boston Celtics versus the Los Angeles Lakers, just because this was LeBron's first game back, and the Lakers got dominated. They ended up losing this one, 130-108, to 108, fall 8-9 on the year as the Celtics get back to 500. And Jason Tatum was a star in this one. 37 points, 11 rebounds, 3 steals, 2 assists, 1 block, a plus 10 on the court, 13-26 from the field. He did it all in 34 minutes for the Celtics. And really, he's he's the guy right now with Jalen Brown out. So this is as expected for the Celtics. And he had some help, too, from his point guards and shooting guards. And Marcus Smart, 22 points, 3 of 5 from the free throw line, 1 of 2 from 3, 9 of 13 from the field, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, uh, plus seven on the court. I mean, Dennis Schroeder as well, 21 points. He had four turnovers, but he also had six of six, six assists. I'm sorry about that. Six rebounds and really eight of 14 from the field. And this is what you need if you're the Celtics. They needed that secondary scoring with Jalen Brown out and Smart and Schroeder have stepped up for him. Al Horford added 18 points of his own. With four rebounds, four assists, five of nine from the field, solid night from the veteran. You don't get a lot of you don't get much of that anymore from him. He filled in for Robert Williams as he was out tonight or last night. And as a team, they shot 50% from the field, 36 from three, 81% from the line. And they just they put up the offensive numbers and the Lakers couldn't keep up. And the Lakers on their end, Anthony Davis was their star player of the game, really. 31 points, 12 to 21 from the field, six rebounds, two assists, three blocks. And ultimately, though, he had a minus 14 on the night. And LeBron, first game back, pretty solid game, I will say. 23 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals. No blocks, three turnovers, 10 of 16 from the field. So he shot pretty well, three of seven from three, though. This is a good game back for his, from his injury. Um, I want to see how he strings together, how he can gel with this team, just because this is not an ordinary LeBron team. We've been saying this all year. The They're going to have to make some adjustments if they want to capitalize on everyone's basketball abilities. I mean, Russell Westbrook had an off night, 12 points, 5 of 13 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal. You know, this Westbrook's a ball-dominant player, like we said, and when LeBron's back in the court, his numbers are going to dip. But off the bench, you know, um, Carmelo Anthony had another solid night, 13 points, 3 of 6 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, 4 rebounds. And other than that, this Lakers team didn't really have anyone else stepping up for them. They had um, a couple guys out, but they were bench players that were out. 
And really, this is a game you want to win. This is a game they could have easily won. But they they didn't end up playing smart. They turned over the ball a lot. And it, it cost them in the end. You know, they shot 46 from the field, uh, 40% from three, and then 75% from the line. Um, but it, it's LeBron's first game back with that squad. So we'll see how he does in the next week. I think um, they might be able to turn things around. You never know. They do – they face – the Pistons in their next game. So that's an easy, that's an easier game to turn around within the next week. They have Detroit, the Knicks, Indiana, Sacramento, and then Detroit again. So in that span, you're looking for how many games is that one, two, three, four. Yeah. You're looking for about three out of five wins. If you go three out of five, I think uh, this Lakers team is in good shape. And as for the Celtics, you know, they should be getting Jalen Brown back, Not, I think, in about a week. I know they said his injury was a week or two. I know he's dealing with a – I think it's a leg injury again. And for them, they, hit, they play again tonight. They face Oklahoma City, Houston Monday night, Brooklyn Wednesday night, San Antonio Friday night, and then next Sunday they head to Toronto. So that's another – stretch of games where if they go three and five there, that's pretty good for them. They're still in the hunt, try to get back into things. They'll be above 500 and that could lead to them turning things around when Jalen Brown gets back. And then the other game that stood out to me was the Brooklyn Nets versus the magic. Now there are a lot of other games that were really good. What stood out to me is how well the magic actually played this Nets team. And this Nets team played really well without um, Kevin Durant. No Kevin Durant tonight. And James Harden ended up putting up 36, 10 rebounds, eight assists, three steals, two blocks, six turnovers, but a plus 10 on the night. Might have been his best game of the year. Seven of 25 from the field, three of 13 from three, 19 of 20 from the free throw line. That's key right there. Harden has not been able to get to the line much this year, and getting to the line 20 times is something we've seen a lot. This is where he thrives, and this is part of the – this is one of the sole reasons why he was able to have a good scoring night. But other than that, not a lot of players stepped up for the Nets besides uh, Patty Mills in the starting lineup also stepped up, 22 points. Uh, four of eight from three, nine of 13 from the field, three assists, one steal, one block. You know, this was an underrated signing by the Nets, I believe. I think Patty Mills is a great veteran point guard. You know, I think it would be different with Kyrie on the team if he led that second unit. Yeah, it'd be great, but he's filling in for Kyrie's shoes, and I think he's doing a great job. And then off the bench, we had LaMarcus Aldridge with 15 points, seven of 16 from the field five rebounds, two blocks, and a very solid night from the veteran. You know, you don't see a lot. You don't see that great of shooting from him um, anymore, but that was a solid night for him. And then James Johnson, 17 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, eight of 11 from the field. He was doing it for the Nets. He stepped up. And other than that, the next highest scorer was – Ben Bray with seven points other than, and then 
Behind them, Blake Griffin, six points. Brown, six points. And Carter was six points. So, you know, the Nets team, they were able to walk away with a win. But I was more impressed with the Magic. The Magic held their own in this one. Jalen Suggs, 21 points, four of nine from three, eight of 18 from the field, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, a block. He's having a great – he's having a good rookie year so far. And then Cole Anthony, 16 points, nine assists, one turnover, six of 17 from the field, one for five from three. And then Wagner, 17 points, rookie as well, five assists, one steal, one block, two rebounds, five of 13 from the field. This is a young core in Orlando. We saw them give up on – give up their playoff – their ace spot in the playoffs last year. Once they realize, hey, I we're not going to compete for that spot maybe in the play-in tournament. So they, they broke it down, and they're going to be in a rebuild for a little while. But they have a nice young core of Cole Anthony, Suggs, Wendell Carter Jr., Wagner. They traded for R.J. Hampton, traded for Gary Harris. And don't forget, they also have Markel Fultz, who was playing really well until he – tore his knee apart he should be coming back i want to say within the next half season so this magic's team this is something you you could be creating something down here i within the next couple years i think they're going to be able to get back to the playoffs and maybe not make a deep playoff run but you never know and as for brooklyn this you know you're started off a little slow and getting your feet under you now. Brooklyn's uh, getting some momentum, and they have a some tough games on tap for them next week. You know, they got Cleveland and Boston Monday and Wednesday. But uh, Saturday, or next Saturday, they face Phoenix and then the Knicks. That Phoenix game is going to be one – that's going to be a great game, I think. Phoenix is one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now on a 10-game win streak. So we'll see how they match up on that one. And some player performances from the past week. I mean, the one that stands out the most is Steph Curry, man. This guy has been phenomenal. 40 points his last game. They beat Cleveland 104-89. 40 points, four rebounds, six assists, two steals, 55% from the floor, 56% from three, 100% free throw uh, percentage in the last four games, and he's he's killing it. They faced Brooklyn earlier in the week. They blew him out 117 to 99, 37 points, seven rebounds, five assists, one block, two steals. He's, he's been on fire this season, going for his third MVP, trying to become the ninth person to win three MVPs in their career. A lot of people slept on this team, this Golden State team. A lot of people were sleeping on Curry. And this team has potential of going back to the NBA Finals. They're off to a hot start, and it's going to be hard to slow them down. On the year, though, Curry, front runner for MVP. Him and Kevin Durant are front runner for MVP. But he's got 29 points, six and a half assists, uh, 41% from three and 46 from the field. 14 and 2 on the season so far. He's just been killing it. And then he doesn't have Clay back yet. And once you add him in the mix, I think they're going to do they're 
it's going to be tough to stop this Golden State team, and it's going to be tough to stop Curry this season. Another player performance was uh, Paul George. Paul George has been putting up some good games for the Clippers. He's been the best player with Kawhi out, as rightfully so. But uh, against San Antonio, they let him. They led a. He led a 106-92 victory. He had 34 points, nine rebounds, four assists, two steals, six turnovers though. But he shot 41% from the field, and he's really stepping up with Kawhi out. This this has been his team, and on the year he has scored 26 a game, five assists on the night, 34% from three. That's a little below average, but. He has been – he's a streaky three-point shooter, but overall from the field, a 43% field goal percentage, so that's pretty good. He strung together some nice – a couple nice games. He had 23 against Minnesota, 27 against Chicago, 34 against San Antonio, like we said, 23 against Memphis, and then um, he kind of cooled off against New Orleans last night, only 19 points they lost there, 94-81 loss. But Paul George, I think, he's keeping this team alive with Kawhi Leonard out. You know, going into the year, I didn't know where this Clippers team stood just because this this roster is not a good mix of people. But they've been playing a little bit better than what they were before. And rightfully so, they they've stepped up and – it could lead to a spot in the playoffs, maybe in the playing tournament. But if you're really L.A., you're hoping for Kawhi to come back as soon as you can just because Kawhi Leonard is means a lot to this team and it shows. Without Kawhi, it's, it's around a 500 team. With Kawhi, you're about 10 to 15 games over 500, I'd say. And another performance that stood out was – Lou Dort, the Dortcher Chamber for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He had an incredible game against Houston. Um, yes, it is Houston, but Oklahoma City and them are about the same caliber. So it's I still think it's a great performance. He had 34 points, one block, eight rebounds, two assists, 63% from the field, 36 from three. This is a young core in Oklahoma City. We've talked about him before. But really, you want games like these where uh, Lou Dort steps up because we've been seeing Shea kill it for Oklahoma City and them not really getting a lot of help besides that. They do have like a million draft picks coming their way in the next couple of years. But having Lou Dort step up like this is big because then you can build around these two. You know, Lou Dort's a very defensive guy. He's got 16 points on the year, or he's averaging 16 points on the year, 44% from the field. He's not a, he's not a good three-point shooter and not a good ball handler, but he can guard whoever you need him to. He will go out there and take on the biggest task of defending whoever you want him to, and that is very valuable in today's NBA. And now on to the power rankings. This is week four of the power rankings. And we have seen some teams jump up and down. And we're officially a month into the season. And I'm going to start out top 20. 
We're going top 20 again today. This is Bleacher Report's power rankings. And number 20, they have the Atlanta Hawks with a 7-9 record. You know, they're turning things around. They started off 4-9. and nine. They're on a three-game win streak now. Um, but honestly, I think uh, last year was kind of a fluke for them. I don't think they make that run nine times out of ten to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think they, they dropped this year. They, they could potentially miss the playoffs. You never know. There's a lot of competitive teams out in the East, and a lot of them are sitting on the bubble, really, in – the East. Let me take a look right now and see if exactly where what the East standings are looking like. So right now, yeah, the the Hawks wouldn't even make the playing tournament right now. They're sitting at 12, right behind Toronto, who's eight and nine. Right now, the top 10 teams in the East go Brooklyn, Miami, Chicago, Washington, Charlotte, Philly, New York, Cleveland, Boston and then Milwaukee. I don't see the Hawks squeaking in any over in over any of these teams. You know, Cleveland, we've talked about, has a weird starting lineup, but it works for them. They're playing great basketball so far with the talent they have, although Colin Sexton did go out with a season-ending injury recently. But I don't see Atlanta squeaking in here. I could see Toronto squeaking in at the 11, but I – I don't think it's um, – I think Atlanta's – it was a fluke year for them. I don't see them going back and um, repeating their playoff run. And number 19, another Eastern Conference team, the Boston Celtics, 8-8 eight and eight on the year now. You know, they're, they're going to hang around 500 for most of the year, I think. I think this is a 500 team. They don't change their roster – after years, we've seen the same team, just different guys filling in at different roles. They got to figure something out, and we talked about it before on the show. You either got to build around Brown or Tatum, and I don't think they know which one they want to do. I think Tatum has stepped up, and Brown, with him being out, as you need that, or else you're not going to be in a 500 team. But I I think they might shake it up at the deadline. You never know. And then number 18, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 9-8 and eight on the year. They had um, Colin Sexton, like I said. He tore his meniscus. And Evan Mobley's going to miss some time now with his injury. That's big for them. Evan Mobley's been basically the front runner for Rookie of the Year. And for them to stay above 500 right now, they're looking at Darius Garland to step up, who's already averaging 17.8 points on the year, six and a half assists, and 38% from three. You know, they're going to have to rely on some of the veterans. You know, Ricky Rubio stepped up earlier in the year. Kevin Love can help, but you don't know how much you're going to get out of him. You know, he's on his back half. He's on the back leg of his career. I know he wants out. Who knows, he might be in L.A. by the time the season ends. But I, I agree with I agree with them around 18. And I think, um, you know, they might slide within the next week. They got a couple of tough games, but you never know. And the number 17, the Memphis Grizzlies, 
they fell a spot from last week. They're eight and seven on the season. Um, you know, this team's basically relying on Ja Morant. I mean, it's I like uh Jaron Jackson as a second piece, but this roster I don't think fits them. They need they need another they need another third guy on this team, and I've been saying it all year, but they are they're gonna hang around the lower half of the playoffs all year, I think. And I think John Moran's playing amazing basketball. He's killing it as usual. And right now, I think he's been the best player out of that draft so far. And then number 16, the Los Angeles Lakers, 8-8 eight and eight record. You know, they fell a spot. LeBron came back from his injury. Didn't look too good. I, I grew this here. It's going to be interesting watching this Lakers team, like I said earlier. We don't know how they're going to gel together or if they will gel together. We could see some trades happening such as uh, Russell Westbrook getting traded. We know him and LeBron play too similar, and they're not going to be able to win many games with them battling for the ball or battling for the possession of the ball. They're both ball-dominant guys, and they're just getting right through of each other, and it's not going to work out for the team, I think. I think um, they sit. this is the right ranking with them at 16, and we'll, we'll see how they do with LeBron coming back. Number 15, the Dallas Mavericks. They're 9-5 in the season. They move up four rankings since the last power ranking. And, yeah, I agree with this. Dallas has really been a hot team so far, not one of the hottest teams out west. But Luka's playing better. You know, Dallas has scored 106.5 points per 100 possessions with Luka on the floor and uh, 112 of him off. And the sample size are small enough that a few good performances could swing that either way. And I think um, it's fair with under the new rules that Lucas' performance has dropped a little bit. You know, he's not going to line as much. But I think Lucas is going to turn things around. He's turning it around now. And he's going to have to carry this team in Dallas. I, I'm not a fan of Kristaps Porzingis. I don't think he's a second piece. They overpaid for him. He was a good player on a bad team in New York. And it's it shows. You know, he says he feels like an afterthought there in Dallas. Well, he is. He doesn't do much. He's 7'3", and he's looking for a three-point shot rather than posting up on any center. When you're that big, we don't need you shooting threes. We need you down low, grabbing rebounds, playing the pick-and-roll game. That's what Luca thrives in is pick and roll game. And he has not lived up to the expectations in Dallas. Very, very critical on Kristaps Porzingis. But overall, Dallas at 15. Yeah, I agree with that. Portland Trailer Trailblazers at 14. Um, they were at 18 last rankings. Eight and eight on the year so far. You know, Damian Lillard has really put the team on his back as usual. There's not a lot going out in Portland right now. You know, they're up and down. I do think this is pretty high for Portland in the rankings. I don't think they're better than a couple of those teams we just looked at. I think, um, you know, Damian Lillard's not playing as himself, but he's still playing good. 
just not to the Damian Lillard that we've been known to see over the years. You know, he's shooting 38.4% from the field, 28% from three. He's played in 15 games, and he's got a 45.2 effective field goal percentage. This is the lowest he's posted in uh, Portland or, yeah, Portland uniform. He's We haven't seen him like this before, and I think, um, you know, I think they shake things up in Portland. You might see him leave. You might see a lot of the supporting cast leave. It's just, it's time. They've tried to make this work, and it hasn't. And I think um, it's going to keep going downhill from here. I think 15 uh, is a little high right now for or 14 is a little high for him in the power rankings, but who knows, maybe they string, string a couple wins together next week. Number 13, the New York Knicks, 8-7 and seven on the year. Previous ranking was 12. And we've seen this Knicks team go up and down. You know, they've they've had lapses where they, they're they not a great defensive team and Thibodeau can't hide the guards right now. They're, they're missing Bullock from last year, who was a great defender for them, and it shows because they, they have not looked good this year on defense. It, it has been a, it's been a struggle for them. But 13, I, I agree with them right there. Number 12, the Charlotte Hornets, they've jumped up five rankings they were 17 last week nine and seven on the year and they strung together a couple of impressive wins you know charlotte they have a nice young core miles bridge and lamello this is a entertaining team to watch i think they're gonna hover around the play-in tournament or from 10 to 6 seed all year out in the east i um i agree with them right here at this ranking Number 11, the Denver Nuggets. You know, they fell. They were the fifth. They were ranked fifth on the last one. They're nine and six on the year. You know, it's it's been a struggle for Denver because there's not been a lot of bright sides besides Jokic this season. Michael Porter has not lived up to his contract. Jamal Murray's going to be out for most of the season. And they're very limited with that when um, – Jokic is just your – he's really their only star player. I Aaron Gordon has played good for him. I think that was a great trade they made last year, and I think um, he's having a good season as well. But they they need something. They're, they're too one-dimensional right now, just Jokic, and it shows that – I'm never a big – I wasn't a big fan of Jamal Murray in Denver. I always thought – him and Jokic don't play that great together, but I guess so because it it's shown that this Denver team is not the same without Jamal Murray. And for Michael Porter, it's, once again, more back pain. We saw this coming out of college. He has a bad back, and they paid almost $300 million for someone who already has back problems at 23 years old, 23. He's around for someone in his early 20s, already with chronic back pain. I would not made that deal for that contract extension. Number 10, the Los Angeles Clippers. They move up one. Right now they're nine and six on the year. They won seven straight, and then they dropped two of their last three. You know, it's 
like we said earlier, it shows that they need Kawhi Leonard on the offensive end, but they're holding their own there in LA. It might be a little high after those uh, two losses at 10, but I, I can see him around between the 10 and 13 spot for rankings. Number nine, the Milwaukee Bucks, seven and eight on the year. You know, this, this team has been riddled with injuries. You know, Middleton, Holiday, Lopez, and DiVincenzo's out for the year. It, it's hard. They, they can't get their feet under them yet. They can't really get that momentum going. You know, Drew Holiday is back. He hasn't been playing up to his caliber. But Giannis is still killing it, as usual. You know, he's missed some games, too. But um, he's been playing great so far this year. 28 points, 11 rebounds, five, five assists, almost two blocks and a steal a night. But there's only so much he can do when the team has this many injuries. You know, the key to beating Milwaukee is not trying to shut down Giannis, but trying to shut down the supporting cast because Giannis is going to get what he gets every night. If you hold Giannis to 20, 25 points on the night, that's a win. You know, we don't say that a lot about most players, but if you hold them around there, that's a win for your team. All you got to do is shut down the shooting. If you're able to get to Middleton and holiday, you're able to beat this Bucks team. I do think uh, it's a little high at number eight for their um, ranking. I know the injuries and all, they they are a better team than what they've shown, but they're seven and eight. And I think if you, if you got a below 500 record, you shouldn't be top 10 in the power rankings. And then the number eight team is the Philadelphia 76ers. And they move up one, they're nine and seven on the year. They lost five straight without Embiid due to covid but they ended up getting a win over the nuggets thursday night but key for them has been tyrese maxi he has been killing it since Embiid's out he's been averaging 23 points two and a half threes a night shooting 51 percent from three you know this guy i think he fits in way better than ben simmons i am a huge maxi fan i think he's going to do great in philly the formula is there. I think if you're Philly, you go out and you try to trade for some bench pieces and get rid of Ben Simmons. You you can win without him. And, you know, Philly at eight, it might be a little bit high after losing five straight, but I, I wouldn't move him down too much more. And then number seven, the Washington Wizards. Man, this has been one of the hottest teams out east so far. They were 10 last rankings and move up to seven, 10 and five on the year. You know, they, um, they lost Miami last Thursday or this past Thursday, but they've been playing great basketball. They, they were in the playing tournament last year. I could see them maybe getting us, maybe being top five out, out in the East with how they've been playing. This team has been, just performing on all cylinders. And they really, every guy knows their role on that team and they're playing it well. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie's having a good season. Beal's having a good season. We've seen Kyle Kuzma 
who's having a better season than he's been known to have. He had a couple seasons in L.A. where he does not look good at all. He's turned things around here in Washington. Harrell, a big motor guy, he's been playing great. Uh, I'm excited to see what this Washington team does ahead of the year. I think um, Bradley Beal has been looking for that help for so long after John Wall has not been the same. And I think he's got a good supporting cast, and this team could make a playoff run. I would not be surprised. Number six, the Chicago Bulls. They were hit with COVID, we said last podcast, with Vucevic out. They move from – they fall from two to six on the power ranking. Ten and five on the year, though. They had some big losses. They – Portland ended up coming back on them. I believe it was like almost a 20-point lead. They blew. But DeMar DeRozan has been killing it for the Bulls. 74% of his minutes are at power forward and 10% as a center, which is crazy to think because of his size. But he's just been doing it all for Chicago. He's been scoring. He's been playing defense. You, You tell him what to do, he will do it perfectly for you. I'm, I've been happy with the Chicago team. Uh, coming into the year, I liked all. I liked the moves they made. I liked them getting Caruso for the second unit with him and Kobe White. I think that's a good duo. You know, Lonzo's came in. He's opened up the transition game for Zach Levine and them, and it shows. It works out. I think uh, this Bulls team, just like the Wizards, can make a deep run. Number five, we talked about them earlier, the Brooklyn Nets. They were three last week. They're 11-5 on the year. You know, Steph Curry really lit into the Nets this week, and that's the sole reason why they're moving down. And it's just, you know, they're playing good basketball. Harden is playing better. His past 11 appearances, 21.9 points on just 12 field goal attempts per game nine assists, and he's shooting 42.5% from three. If um, that's all you ask of him, really, you know, he got off to a slow start. He's uh, he's hitting his stride, and then KD's playing phenomenal basketball. He's one of the front runners for MVP. If they can keep this up, I can see them making a deep playoff run, but having to miss Kyrie is huge. Just because you're paying them all that money for nothing, but you could fill that money with some nice bench spots. This team is not deep. That's the only problem. This team, if you get the, you get that second unit out there, it's, it's not good for Brooklyn. And then number four, the Miami Heat. Uh, they move up from six, and now they're 11 and five on the year. Um, yeah, I agree with this. You know, we had a rocky last week. We lost some games that could have gone our way, but they're playing better basketball now. They beat the Wizards Thursday, and then they beat the Thunder before that. You know, they, they got to win those games. But they're hitting their stride again with Jimmy Butler back. Number three, the Utah Jazz, 10-5 and five on the year. And they've really – they've kept it – they've been playing great. They've – you know, they start they started off really hot. They're going to drop a couple of those games. They've played competitive. 
all season. You know, they're they're a top three team in the league. And number one, I I can see them not beating number one and two because number two might be the one of the I'd say the hottest team in the league right now after their 10-game win streak, the Phoenix Suns. We saw them get off to a slow start, but now they're clicking on all levels. Like I said, 10-game win streak, and they've had some contributions from people like Frank the Tank Kaminsky coming in, getting a 30-burger one night. Great job on him. And just this whole team stepping up. They're, they got the chemistry under them, and they're they're playing great basketball. But the team that's playing the best basketball is the Golden State Warriors. 13-2 and two on the season, and... We talked about him earlier. Steph Curry has been amazing. Over the last six games, I'll, I'll repeat some of his stats. 50 points, 25 points, 40 points, 24 points, 37 points, and 40 points again. He's leading the league in 29.5 points. He's on pace for 465 threes in a season, and the current record that he holds is 402. This is, this is insane. We don't see this very often. It's it's going to be a great year for Steph. I don't see anyone being able to stop him. And that is all for the NBA this week. No NBA soap opera this week. I felt like uh, with Jordan gone, you know, that's kind of our thing. I thought I'd keep it like that. Also, there hasn't been really a lot of drama this week. But next week, for sure, I guarantee there will be. And we'll see how these power rankings look next week. But we're on to the NFL now. We saw a lot of upsets last last two weeks now. And Week 10 had a tie. Yes, the Lions will not be the first 0-17 team. They might go 0-16-1. They ended up tying with the Steelers 16 to 16 last week. Steelers, they're going to blame it on not having Big Ben, which rightfully so. But uh, the biggest upset of the week was the Washington football team beat the Bucks 29 to 19. They really got out and jumped on Brady, forced two picks in the first half, and the rest was history. They led the rest of the game here. What a performance by Washington. You know, we've seen the Buccaneers drop two games last year in a row. They they look like this. I wouldn't be worried by the time playoffs come. They're going to be ready. It's, this Bucs team's going to be hard to stop once the playoffs come. But um, another upset we saw, Carolina. Carolina, 34-10 to 10 win over the Cardinals. Cam Newton was back. He scored two touchdowns. He's getting the start this week. We'll see how this Cardinal team bounces back. They, I believe they're going to have Kyler this week, but they're not going to have Hopkins again. And then we saw, I don't know if you call this a huge upset, but I believe it was an upset just because I didn't think it was going to be this big of a win. The Chiefs beat the Raiders 41-14. to You know, I, I thought this was going to be a Raiders win. I didn't expect the Chiefs to blow them out just because, you know, the Raiders usually have the Chiefs number. They've shown it the past couple seasons. And then I realized, that's right, they've, they've lost their coach. They've lost their some key players that usually step up against the Kansas City Chiefs. 
And now I'm not surprised that, you know, the Chiefs, they they played a good game. I don't agree with the fact that um, everyone's saying, oh, they're back now. Let's calm down. It's one win. You know, let's see them string together multiple wins against some high-caliber teams, and then we'll we'll say they're back. But um, another big upset on the week, Monday Night Football, the 49ers destroyed the Rams 31-10. to 10. It was not even close. It, 49ers capitalized on the Rams' offensive woes, two interceptions in the first quarter, got to Mass Stafford, and the Rams' key acquisition, Odell Beckham, two catches, 18 yards in the night. Not what you're hoping for, for somebody to sign for trying to get you over the hump and into the Super Bowl. We'll see how he reacts to that with this week. Who knows? Maybe he'll uh, not have a temper tantrum, but he was already seen on the sidelines. Not not throwing tantrums, but he was he was fighting with people on the sideline. But a big win by the 49ers. This keeps them in contention right now. They're still in the hunt. I think uh, if the 49ers, they're they, very injury-riddled team, and I think this is a big win for them, especially – Big performance by Debo Samuel. And really, other than that, there weren't any other upsets, I believe. We had some blowouts with the Cowboys beating the Falcons 43-3. to Patriots beat the Browns 45-7. to Packers 17-0. to But um, that was a closer game than what the score tells. I want to say it was like 3-0 at half. It was, um, it was not pretty. And then Eagles, they blow out the Broncos 30 to 13. And then we saw the Bills destroy the Jets in the second half, 45 to 17 on the day. Titans squeak out against the Saints 23 to 21. But the game of the week in my eyes was Vikings Chargers. Vikings win this one 27 to 20. Close game. Kirk Cousins had a great game, 25 of 37, two or two touchdowns, seven, almost 7.9 average yards of throw. He's been killing it in Minnesota this season. He's put up 18 touchdowns, two interceptions so far, one of the best ratios in the league. But it's it's Kirk Cousins, so not a lot of people recognize it. And if they do, He's one of those guys where he's like, oh, he's very underrated. And the next thing, he, oh, he's very overrated. So I think Kirk Cousins is having a good season. Watch out for this Minnesota team, I will say that, because they could get in the playoffs. And you never know. They have the weapons to make a run. Delvin Cook had a good game, 24 carries, 94 yards, one touchdown. Typical Delvin night. You know, we, we're seeing him slowly come back after that. I believe it was an ankle injury earlier in the year. And then Justin Jefferson had a terrific game, nine catches, 143 yards on 11 targets. Uh, Adam Thielen, five catches for 65 yards. But Tyler Conklin, three catches, 11 yards, two touchdowns. It's what you want out of the tight end, man. Great job with him and Cousins finding each other in the end zone. This was um this is a big win for Minnesota, I believe. You know, it gets them to four and five on the year. They're not out of it yet. And as for the Chargers, now you fall the five and four. 
Luckily, you're out west in the AFC, and everyone's around that record. I believe the Chiefs are six and four. Uh, Chargers and Raiders, I believe, are five and four. And I want to say um, Denver is around there too. Well, on the day for them, Herbert, 20 of 34, 195 yards, one touchdowns, one interception. Not what you're looking for out of him. You know, he's aired, he's been guy known to air the ball out. Couldn't really get things going in this one. Eckler, 11 carries, 44 yards. Couldn't get the run game going either. Keenan Allen had a good game. Eight, eight catches, 98 yards. But other than that, you know, Mike Williams only had four catches, 33 yards. And we saw him earlier in the year put up some monster games. But They lost three of their last four, so let's see how they turn things around. They faced the Steelers this week in a injury-riddled team for the Steelers, or should I say COVID, too. They have a lot of players out, but then they get the Broncos and the Bengals, so let's let's see how they do in their next three. There's, they're not guaranteed wins, but you never know. As for Week 11, Week 11 started out with a bang. New England defeated Atlanta in Atlanta, 25 to nothing. Mac Jones looked very accurate, threw a pick, though. But uh, on the day, he had 207 yards, a touchdown as well. We're in for a good game in Buffalo, I think. And next game on tap, Chicago hosting Baltimore. You know, Chicago coming off the bye week looked impressive against Pittsburgh. Baltimore, uh, coming off a loss against Miami, I think uh, this is a get-right game for Baltimore. They'll stick to the fundamentals, and I think Baltimore wins this one. And next game at 1 o'clock, Detroit Lions at the Cleveland Browns. This is going to be an interesting game, I'll say, just because – it's looking like Jared Goff isn't going to start this one. So that means Tim Boyle is going to come in for Detroit, who has been – who's an awful quarterback in college, and he was a backup in Green Bay. If if you look at some of the college stats he had when at UConn and then I want to say it was Western Kentucky, you will wonder why this guy is in the NFL. It. I want to say he had – let me look up some of his stats in college. I just saw this the other day. This this is awful. Let me, let me pull him up right here. So while he was at Connecticut, he threw one touchdown and 13 interceptions in three years. One touchdown and 13 interceptions. And he was able to get another – College job at it wasn't Western Kentucky, I'm sorry, it was Eastern Kentucky. And let's take a look at some of the stats he had there. He was only there for a couple years, but it was not good. Let me see if I can find it real quick. On the year, he had um, 11 touchdowns. And 13 interceptions in his year at Eastern Kentucky. So why this guy has a job in the NFL, 
beats me. But we might see one of the worst performances at quarterback this week. I would not be surprised. I I thought Detroit was going to pull it off last week. They didn't. I I guess I'm going with Cleveland. Cleveland doesn't look great either, but they're getting Nick Chubb back, so maybe they they just run the ball 30 times and I they're going to get this one done. I don't know. This is not a good game. This is America loses on this game. I'm sorry. But um, after that, Houston at Tennessee, you know, we're used to seeing uh, Derrick Henry light up Houston. We've seen it for years. But uh, he's out now. But Tennessee has looked really good. The defense has stepped up, like we said last time. And they're getting those plays, and they're getting the turnovers. I think uh, Tennessee's going to win this one as well. And then Green Bay at Minnesota. This is going to be a good game as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has played well against Minnesota in his career. Green Bay is going to be without Aaron Jones in this one. He, I want to say, sprained his MCL. Let's say he'll be out for a week or two. A.J. Dillon will probably get the starting nod. But uh, Minnesota, you're at home in this one. They they could. I, I could see Minnesota pulling one here. I think um, they used that win last week to use some momentum. And they, um, I think um, if they do win, they're going to have to get their offensive weapons involved. They're going to get, they have to get Thielen, Jefferson, and Cook all involved if they want to win. But Green Bay has stepped up on defense this year. Their defenses look great from the years past. We've always said that their defense has been a liability. It doesn't look like that this year. I've, I think this game could go either way. And Miami at New York, the Jets. Oh, wow. This is this is another. I'm sorry, guys, for this game. I Mike White looked like a Jets quarterback last week. Miami looked good last Thursday night. Uh, I'm just going to roll with Miami after that momentum win, and I don't see the Jets being able to stop them. And then – New Orleans at Philly. This could be a good game. Philly's been playing really well, coming off a dominant win against Denver. New Orleans is not going to have Kamara, coming off a loss against Tennessee, close one too. I think um, I think New Orleans, New Orleans grinds this one out. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, and they're going to end up taking this one. And then Washington at Carolina. We see Ron Rivera going up against his old quarterback in Cam Newton. I think this is going to be a good game. I have Washington pulling this one off. I think uh, Rivera is going to know how to stop Cam. And I don't, as much as um, we think Cam's back, I, I think we have to remember what he looked like last year. It was not the best scene of him at quarterback. It's hard for him to move the ball down the field. He does not have the arm like he used to. I think uh, Washington's going to pull this one off. San Francisco at Jacksonville. San Fran coming off probably their biggest win of the year. I think um, they use that momentum to carry them through this win again. Jacksonville's been playing some good football, but I think San Fran's just one-upping them this week. 
And then to start the 4 o'clock game, Cincinnati at Las Vegas. Cincinnati has looked like one of the better teams in the AFC, along with Vegas. I think Cincinnati wins this one just because Vegas is down and out on the year. I think morale's down. I think Cincinnati's going to capitalize on that. As for the 425 game, America's game, America's game of the week, the Dallas Cowboys at Kansas City Chiefs. I think um, this this is going to be Dallas's game. I think they win this one. They're losing Cooper, though, with COVID. But I think um, they, get, they have Gallup back. CD will be there. And you got Zeke and Pollard. And this Kansas City defense has not looked great. And they're going up against one of the best offenses in the league. I, I got Dallas winning this one. And I think it's going to be a shootout, though. I think Kansas City is going to put some pressure on the offensive end, though. The other 425 game, Arizona at Seattle. Kyler Murray is back for this one. Russell Wilson will be there for Seattle. Uh, I think this is going to be a shootout as well. Uh, last time uh, we saw this team getting a shootout, or last year we saw this team getting a shootout in overtime. We might see that again. I don't know. I It depends on um, how Arizona shows up, really. And how is the Seattle d- defense going to stop Arizona? That's a big question. But um, I have Arizona winning this one. I think Kyler Murray is going to come back and he's going to grind out a win. And then Sunday night, we have Pittsburgh traveling to the Chargers. I think um, there's many factors coming to this one. Since Pittsburgh is, they're going to have Big Ben now, but they're without, I believe, Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt and Joe Hayden. That's three core pieces on their defense right there. I think the Chargers are able, they're going to be able to put up some points with their biggest defensive guys out. I have the Chargers winning this one. And the Monday night football game, the New York Giants at Tampa Bay. Tampa is coming off two straight losses. I think uh, this is their get-right game. They've they've been looking at the drawing board all week. They're not going to have Antonio Brown. They'll get Gronk back, but it shouldn't matter. I think um, this is the game where they get back to fundamentals, get back to the basics. I think the Giants, if their defense steps up, they can pull this one off, but I got Tampa Bay winning this one. And that is all I have for you guys today. We're going to skip some cash and pass this week as well, just because um, it's better when Jordan's here, I believe. But, uh, yeah, that's all we have for today. Thanks you for tuning in to another episode of The Locker Room. Um, we are going to have a special Thanksgiving edition episode of The Locker Room this week, so be on the lookout for that to come out Tuesday or Wednesday. And I'll see you guys again soon. Have a great day, everyone.